Hello and welcome back to Life as a Fitness Instructor podcast. This week on the podcast, I had the amazing Tyler, who is juggling, working full time, being a group fitness professional and has just finished his MSc in psychology. And he did a dissertation all about fitness instructors and their image and all the complications that comes with standing at the front of a class as a fitness instructor and what people think, how we should dress, how we behave and what's what's on our minds. What are we worried about? Are we worried about how people perceive us? Are we worried about our age? It was a fascinating study that he did, and he shares his insights on this podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. Tyler, very well, welcome to the podcast officially. (laughs) Um, So Tyler is a part-time group exercise coach with eight years of experience in the fitness industry. He recently completed his MSc in psychology with a dissertation titled, and I'm very interested in hearing about this, more about this, how fitness professionals integrate impression management into their professional identity a reflexive thematic analysis. I hope I pronounced thematic correctly. Um, Outside the fitness environment, he also works in higher education quality assurance and enjoys gaming, sports and hiking. That sounds great. You sound like a a super, super active person. So Tyler, if we could start with (laughs) that amazing intro, is there anything you want to add to that before we, yeah, we delve into things a little bit deeper? No, no, other than to say it's very weird kind of hearing um, about myself in the third person. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when I was writing that, I should say, but uh, <laughs> no, that, that, that's, that's pretty much exactly it. <laughs> okay, perfect. So let's just start with where well, you said you've been in the industry for eight years. Can you mm-hmm. just explain how that all came about, really, how you got started? What was What's your story? So this will be a very familiar journey I I would imagine for most fitness professionals really Um, I started myself um, just going to the gym as a participant I started just going initially just within the the gym floor itself Um, couldn't really kind of get motivated to to train just by myself like that I found it quite you know soul destroying and it, it was very difficult to try and keep going that way so then I thought, oh, I'll give a fitness class a go. You know, there'll be an instructor there. They'll be there to motivate me along. There'll be other people there. You know, maybe I'll make some friends in, in that group. Um, and it kind of all started from there. I had a you know, fantastic time at those first few classes. Um, and I realized I can I can keep coming back to this. This is really addictive and really enjoyable, uh, much better than just, you know, just purely going to the gym or just working out at home. So, um, yeah, I kind of stuck with it um and i just found these these instructors these fitness coaches just the most i don't know just the most amazing people uh and i just got this massive respect and admiration for what they they were doing and i thought wow you know this this could be something that i could do you know what 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 an amazing job they've got uh is this something i could explore so i kind of got talking to them just you know, asking them how, you know, what's it like being a being a fitness instructor? What qualifications do you need? You know, how do you get started? How much does it all cost? And, you know, just practical questions like that. But anyway, long, long story short, uh, I ended up taking the training myself. Um, yeah, quite eight years ago, you said, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. 2016, I ended up taking the, I started off with the um, level two group exercise to music 
course oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a very common one to start with uh really really tough wow they they throw you into the deep end with that course that's for sure <laughs> that was that was pretty pretty wild um few days on that course and yeah really um challenging and I certainly had some thoughts like what am I doing here I, I don't have a clue what I'm doing I'm, I'm never going to be able to pass this assessment at the end of it I might as well just give up now and leave it to the the pros you know <laughs> what was I thinking but anyway I managed to get through that um, and then a few more qualifications um, after that and then yeah I started it, it all happened really quickly actually got my my first class within a few weeks kind of after doing those days initial courses and then it i think this is going to be very similar story to, for a lot of us really just kind of snowballed from there as you take that first class then when that goes well you know you get offered more cover or whatever and eventually you get more given more permanent classes before you know it you've got kind of a, a, a jam-packed timetable um, and then you start yeah. thinking oh how am i going to fit in the rest of my life um so yeah yeah you have to you have to dial it back a little bit eventually just to actually have a you know a social life as well as all that yeah um, but yeah that, that's kind of where it all started um at, at the moment I'm kind of juggling that uh part-time alongside a and uh, was full-time uh, non-fitness job until very recently I've gone from five days per week to, to four days per week uh to give me better balance so I, I want to deliver more fitness um material <laughs> outside of that non-fitness job and just yeah have that really good balance between the two whilst also retaining time you know for, for a home life and a family life and so on yeah so, yeah uh, no, that's really interesting you said that because it it is it's so important to do and it's important to do a job that you find really fulfilling but I know you said that you did get to a point where you feel like you you took a little bit too much on. You had to dial it back a little bit. So how many classes are you teaching at the moment then every week? Oh, this is going to sound like a pathetically small number for, for a pro like you. But uh, okay. <laughs> at the moment, I'm doing four, uh, sorry, five classes uh, per week. But at my absolute maximum, I was doing up to 15 at some points. Um, and then when you're kind of doing that, well, at the time I was doing a full-time job as well, that was just yeah that was kind of reaching burnout mm. point I mean strangely like physically you kind of feel like, oh yeah I can do this and you just your body just quickly learns to recover and adapt but I think it's mentally it's where you start to kind of burn out well for me mm. anyway that's where I kind of started to burn out more and just felt that wasn't sustainable um and it was actually the pandemic kind of coming along and obviously I, along with most most of us in the industry, kind of lost classes temporarily during that phase. And that just made me realize, like, actually, this is kind of not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I really miss the classes, but I'm having time just to recover and just reflect more here. Yeah. And then post-pandemic, when it kind of started up again, um, I just was happy to just to dial it back to a more manageable and, and sustainable number of classes yeah having said that I'm looking for more at the moment so if uh, anyone's any uh, group <laughs> fitness managers are listening <laughs> oh no I, I think it... some more classes <laughs> <laughs> not too many maybe maybe a couple more if I if it would, would be good would be perfect <laughs> I think that's a great a great number because the thing is when you're teaching that many classes as well the things that you've got to take into account are getting to the class the setup the chatting to everyone afterwards, the preparation for the class. So yeah. getting your music together, learning the choreography, 
I know you say, oh, it's only five classes, but no, that that's that's a lot on top of working four days a week. And I'm sure that sometimes I don't know if this is you, but sometimes when you work four days a week, you end up almost pretty much working full time anyway, just kind of condensing it. But um, it, it's great that you've said that you're starting to find more of a balance for sure. I know you said that you you felt like you were reaching that burnout point and then lockdown hit a good time and it gave you that chance and that space to reflect. What were the signs for you um, when you felt like you were experiencing burnout? I think the the big kind of red flag is when, you know, you've got a class coming up and usually you're so excited to go out and deliver it. But when it gets to that point where you're feeling like, oh, I've got to go and do that again. <laughs> That's mm. probably the sign that, yeah, you, you know, you might be doing too much. You know, yeah. you're, you're risking kind of losing that passion for it, which is really important because, as you just said, there's a lot of additional work for, for a lot of us, which is unpaid kind of on top of that, you know, that actual delivery, the hour or whatever it is that you go and deliver the actual workout. Um, so if you don't have that passion for it, then then you're really going to struggle to get motivated to do that extra prep. If you don't do that prep, then it's just going to be, you know, the class isn't going to be as good and the participants yeah. aren't going to get as much out of it. And it's, it's just bad for everyone, isn't it? So, yeah, that that for me was kind of that that warning stage, that warning point. Um, but, yeah, I think that kind of covers it. Um, I think for others, I mean, physically for me, I, I was OK with it. Um, but, yeah, perhaps for others, I mean, physically, if you start to feel like, you know, you're picking up niggles <laughs> a lot more frequently and then you're just going out and working through them anyway and, you know, potentially risking making that a lot worse, you know, turning that into a long term injury, then, you know, that that's a big sign you need to dial it back as well, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's probably going to be different for everybody. But, yeah, it, it is really important to, to yeah, find that balance and, yeah, just keep that passion and enjoyment because if if you don't have that then yeah it's going to be really hard to you know go out there and give it your best yeah of course no thank you so much for sharing that I didn't anticipate talking about burnout but I think it's actually a really important subject to touch on because so many instructors feel it and I I think I was similar to you I was getting to that point and then lockdown hit and it just gave me a bit of space I was still doing quite a lot online but in comparison there weren't hour classes there all of a sudden it was 20 minutes half an hour and it just yeah it gives you that fuel again that passion but I think it's very tempting particularly when you know if you're working in facilities like ledge centers and gyms to take more and more and more on also to make it pay one because you love it at the start and it's amazing to get given more and more classes and it gets really exciting it's that snowball effect that you were talking about but then also to make it pay if you want to make it a career I feel like you have to be so careful so I just think it's a really important subject to to touch on and um, thank you for sharing your experience I'm really pleased that you're finding more of a balance now that's great to hear Tyler um, so what I would love to know a little bit more now about is the dissertation. Can you tell us what you've been up to and um, what you found as well with your research? Yeah, so, so I didn't mention it earlier, but the, the dis dissertation came about as a result of my uh, doing masters in psychology alongside all of that I mentioned earlier. So that might have 
contributed to the burnout a little bit as well let's be honest that what was i thinking over to, <laughs> uh, I, I managed it with with you know much much of a, a struggle um but yeah i managed that part-time long alongside everything else but uh yeah i was really looking forward to the the, the doing the dissertation aspect of, of this master's because we had free reign to choose a topic um that was of personal interest to us so i was like yeah, I, you know, I want to really dig down into uh, the psychology uh, in the fitness industry and, and in particular with regard to fitness professionals, um, because it's I just find that really fascinating, just the mentality of it and how much uh, we kind of have to juggle in this role. Mm. Um, it's kind of you can I suppose you can compare what we do with other teachers instructors and coaches in other professions um in terms of having to deliver um deliver material that we we're hoping you know other people will be able to learn and uh, emulate and you know helping them to become fitter and healthier or whatever there's that aspect of it which is quite similar to other professions but on top of that we're also managing a lot of other pressures and expectations in terms of how we should look, how we should behave, what we should eat, how we should train, and just there's so much to kind of manage within that. And, you know, the judgments that people make, that society makes, that, you know, our colleagues in the industry make about us, you know, it, it's, it's just all there and it's all in the back of our heads you know constantly when we're stepping out into that role um and just taking a, a class for instance you know you might be stepping out in front of 10 20 50 or 100 people you know there can be such like busy classes out there and every individual in that room is forming formulating different judgments about you you're up there you're so exposed <laughs> you're so vulnerable and you've kind of yeah. got to manage all of that and you're our aim is, you know, we want them to leave that that experience, that fitness experience with a positive impression. <laughs> you know, yeah. we want them to be thinking good things about us because then they're going to come back. And that that's good for us. That's good for them. They're going to get fitter and healthier. It's good for us. Our business is going to be successful. The classes will remain packed. Um, so, yeah, kind of the that, that's how I got onto the, the topic in terms of identity of fitness professionals, you know. Who are we? <laughs> what yeah. what identity do we want to have, and what do we want others to think about us? So that's kind of where I I wove in the impression management theory, kind of within that mm. uh, as a framework to kind of um, explore that. So yeah, um, I was very fortunate uh, for this research. I did, I did a qualitative study which involved um in-depth interviews with other fitness professionals and I, I was very lucky to have willing participants um coming forward for that I wasn't able to pay them or anything they they did it you know purely you know through the goodness of their hearts and just wanting to to give back to to the profession and you know they were also interested in in you know what what would come out from it um yeah. so they're willing to give up their time and help me um so yeah I essentially just asked them questions about their experience of, as fitness professionals uh, their thoughts on you know topics like um body type aging in the profession um clothing that they wear yeah their thoughts on nutrition and diets and and just 
they were, they were kind of very open interviews really and people were just able to give their, their frank and kind of honest thoughts on on these kind of issues that affect us as, as fitness professionals um and yeah yeah then i was eventually kind of able to get to my um findings using that thematic uh, analysis you mentioned earlier that was literally how much time did i spend on that the transcripts at the end of all the research i literally had hundreds of pages to go through so oh gosh, <laughs> i can imagine uh, qualitative, qualitative research is quite subjective but don't let anyone say it's not scientific or you know in depth because wow i can i can yeah <laughs> i could say it definitely is i probably spent yeah at least 100 hours just just reviewing reviewing all our data but it was super super interesting and there was so much that came out of it uh, but ultimately for my dissertation because you kind of have to you know you have to nail it down to you know particular concepts that you want to focus on otherwise you'll be writing forever <laughs> so yeah. I kind of had to pick a, a few things out of it to focus on um, and what ultimately came out of it was um, I suppose how the ways our image um, as fitness professionals evolves as we get older mm. um, another theme that came out was needing to be an authentic fitness professional in the way that we present ourselves and then finally and this this was a big one um, body image uh, unavoidably you know as I mentioned earlier because we are it's such a public you know facing job and there are those thoughts about how you know instructors personal trainers how they need to look themselves to be taken seriously so that was kind of the the, the final theme that came out of it how that those thoughts on body image influences how we feel about ourselves yeah because I, I mean and I talk all day <laughs> yeah that. oh it's such a fascinating topic it really really is because I think even when we do our training like I remember looking at some presenters on dvds they're so polished they're so chiseled and I think you go into it like you said you're standing in front of everybody looking at you every all everyone's eyes are on you and I think you put the pressure on yourself to feel like you must be polished you I, I can remember when I started teaching I would go in and I'd be wearing makeup I'd be thinking about my outfit maybe I'd have them laid out and as the years have gone on and I, I, I'm sure you're probably going to go into this anyway I think people are appreciating and understanding that actually it's just good to be authentic and people like people and people want to resonate with someone who is normal is the wrong word to use here but just someone who is so unapologetically themselves and you don't need to turn up polished and actually if your hair's a bit out of place or, <laughs> or if you look like you just got out of bed and so do they because by the way it's a 6am class well great <laughs> Great. I think people like that will resonate with that and will come back for you, the authentic you, no matter whether you've got the latest Adidas top on or not. Uh, and I hope that times are changing to be more like that, because I think in the past you know, 80s, leotards, perfect perms, that's kind of where aerobics came from, right? And watching all the DVDs, the share step DVDs, everyone looks so polished. And hopefully now, time. I would like to believe that everyone is being able to embrace the way that they look, dress, and how they show up. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, you mentioned the eighties, and 
a lot of it just comes from that, that you know, that initial, I suppose that was when, you know, people started uh, to get into group fitness. It, it kind of became mainstream, didn't it, with, yeah. and there was a Jane Fonda, I think, back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't I, uh, I, I can't remember it personally, but I've seen kind of the old, the grainy videos. And I think some people, and I think they're becoming increasingly in the minority, but mm -hmm. some people still have that that vision of that's, you know, that's what it's going to be like if I do a group fitness class. You know, it's going to be really, you know, cheesy and, um, you know, they just feel, you know, that they need to turn up with the, the leg warmers and stuff and, you know, <laughs> Uh, may, I mean, may, maybe some people do that in their classes sometimes, but it's it's normally just you know for fancy dress, isn't it? It's not just a, <laughs> a routine part of the class. Um, but yeah, they still have those kind of um, expectations. That's what it's going to be like. And in terms of the the instructor, they feel like you know they they're going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever you know back in the eighties, and it's just completely unrealistic, you know, to have these expectations. Mm. Um, and it's you know it's not healthy because <laughs> no. like you said you know that that instructor is you know that they're an individual person you know not everyone's going to look the same uh, not everyone's going to have you know chiseled you know bodybuilding physique because for what we do that's not necessarily going to be you know a healthy physique for us to have you know it might be for some people and some people might be you know genetically you know more um more likely to have that physique um others aren't and it you know mm. it's absolutely fine you know so long as we you know go out and deliver a good fitness experience um then that's kind of the the, the, the main well the most important part it doesn't you know it, how we look matters a lot less um and this did kind of come out of the the research actually um the, the people i interviewed they do kind of reflect on and feel that constraint uh, in terms of those, you know, historic judgments of how they ought to look. But it's kind of being positively or more progressively, um, I suppose, reconstructed um, in terms of as being more likely to embrace body diversity now mm -hmm. and kind of perceiving that as a, a positive thing to have in the industry. Yeah. So if a gym's got a team of fitness instructors and they're not all, you know, carbon copies of each other, they're not all totally chiseled, they look different. They're they're real, they're authentic, like you said, they're real people. And, you know, for some people that might be really motivating to, you know, to have a fitness instructor who, who looks like them. And they're like, well, yeah, you know, if they're going out and they're embracing this positive healthy lifestyle and they're managing it then you know that's something I could do as well and that that could be really motivating. So was there anything that in your research from the findings that you were quite shocked about at all? I think um, the participants thoughts in terms of um, the impact that age has on them in, in the industry I found that quite I don't know if it was surprising but just just really really interesting um, and there was a a bit of a, um, I suppose there was a contrast, really. Not everyone agreed on this. Uh, for some people, getting older was perceived as a risk and something to be concerned about. Um, and their worries were kind of split into two um, factors. There were the, the physical concerns in terms of, obviously, you know, your fitness will, it will deteriorate as you get older. That is just simply, you know, biology you know you just can't avoid that 
Um, so they were worried about that and the impact that might have on their, you know, ability to to deliver their their classes or their personal training. Um, and obviously the judgments that people might have, you know, if they're not, if they don't feel that they look, you know, in, in the shape that they used to be. And, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, just kind of worries what people will, will you know, think of, think of them, you know, about that. Uh, but the other thing, um, more positive, more positive reflections on age, um, which was, um, I liked hearing, <laughs> was that, you know, it seems an opportunity, um, an opportunity to enhance their image. So getting older, um, you know, you might be physically deteriorating, but mentally you're growing, <laughs> you know, constantly. You're getting more knowledge. Uh, you've got all that experience behind you. You know, you don't suddenly lose that, you know, it's there. Um, you're, you might be taking on more qualifications. Um, but not only that, um, there's also, in terms of what, clients might think about you um so there are you know some people might be concerned about the negatives you know the client sees an older person they're not going to be as in shape you know they're not what i need i need someone young and super chiseled or whatever but for others you know they see an older trainer or an older instructor well that person's you know they've been doing it for a long time they're here you know they're someone i want to work with because they've got all that experience you know they're going to know what they're talking about and mm. So for some people, they were like, well, getting older, you know, that's going to give me more credibility. That's going to be good. Um, so yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, absolutely love hearing that. So that that was a bit of, yeah, I suppose a bit of a contrast really between the the fears about aging, but also, again, kind of reconstructing that as, you know, an opportunity to develop um, yeah. the older you get. Yeah, of and, course. Knowledge yeah. is power, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that definitely. Um I mean, obviously doing this research, be, being a, a fitness professional myself, I was kind of able to empathize with a lot of these thoughts like, yeah, you know, preach, you know, that's exactly what I've been thinking. And, you know, it's kind yeah. of, it's cathartic to hear, you know, other people kind of just, just having the exact same thoughts about it. So, so yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, do, do you have any kind of thoughts about um of any of these themes you know in terms of have you ever reflected on you know body image or you know aging and how that impacts you oh it's do you know what it's absolutely fascinating and i think it's something that crosses all fitness instructors minds at some point to to some sort of degree or level and i think for me when i first started i was very conscious of my self-image so i would turn up to class in a full face of makeup as in and i'm not really a person who would normally wear much if any makeup at all so I would be there with the foundation bit of blusher mascara I'd be worried about if my hair was going to go out of place during the class I'd be thinking that oh no I've worn this outfit at least or this top at least four times now people are going to start to recognize it and I'd be overthinking everything and yeah, on yeah. the side of aging as well despite the fact that you know I've I'm 30 now. I've been teaching classes for, um, I, I know I'm still young, but I, I'm just saying um, I've been teaching classes for nearly 10 years now. When I first started, I was very conscious and very aware of, of the fact that what am I going to do when I come to retirement? And I was looking at ways to get a self-employed pension and worrying about my body. All of that, all of that was buzzing around in my head when I just started. And 
weirdly enough, as I've been doing it for longer, and it is the whole knowledge is power thing, I know so much more about the body, the way it works, nutrition, uh, how we can recover and how we can use our job to help us live longer, but also what we need to be doing the rest of the time to allow us to do our job. So getting that balance between rest and fitness, nutrition, etc. The more I've learned, the more I've understood that actually you can stay within the health and fitness industry for a long time. And people, uh, uh, different people are going to resonate with you at different times. And the thing is, you'll collect people on the way and people will love your classes and they'll follow you. They'll follow you to the end. And other people will connect with you at different times in your journey and in their journey. So when I'm teaching classes, when I'm 70 or 80, touch wood, <laughs> I might have my, <laughs> my originals with me. And then I'll resonate with people who are in that chapter of their life as well. So I don't think you need to worry about age. I do think knowledge is power. And I think age is a number. And I think as soon as you tell yourself you're old or you shouldn't be doing something, in my mind, that's almost when you allow yourself to be old. And I think age is how old you feel and how and how you perceive it, in in my opinion, to an extent anyway. That's that's my idea. And with yeah. the whole Yeah, can you can you do you know where I'm coming from? Yeah. Uh, absolutely agree with that yeah. yeah and what you said in terms of when you start out you know you've got you made a really good point there you've got all these other kind of just these superficial fears going on haven't you that they, they, they don't really matter but at the time when you're out there and you're first you know you're delivering those first classes or whatever you, you just feel so vulnerable and you are like you were saying you're worrying about you know what you're wearing and you know uh, how your hair looks or whatever you, you just got all these superficial thoughts going on and that that really gets in the way of what is important, you know, that really build that relationship with the clients, um, you know, putting on that really positive experience for them. Mm. Um, so as you, as you get older, you build that knowledge base and that experience, you can yeah. just let all that superficial stuff go. Can't you? You can. You, you've, just, yeah. you've just got that confidence then, that, yeah. you know, you know what you're doing and yeah, you can just relax, I suppose, and just deliver what's so. important. Yeah, exactly. And control the controllables and worry about what you need to worry about. And nothing else, nothing else matters. You forget a step, doesn't matter. Your hair falls out of place, doesn't matter. You've worn that top 10 times in the past month. It doesn't matter. I mean, as long as you cleaned it in between. But like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I think now when I turn up to class and my hair's a bit out of place, I just like, so is everybody else's. And I laugh it off. And if I, I turn up to class and I, I don't I don't wear makeup, but no one else is turning up with makeup on either. And maybe that is like just being more authentic as well and allowing people to connect with you just because you're just a normal person. You're just like them and people like that. They want they want to work out with their best mate. They don't want to work out with a model. Maybe we do. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's where I come from anyway. I want to bring everyone on my team. Come on, you're part of my family. We're all friends here, right? Let's get stuck in and then straight to the stuff that matters and that's moving your body and feeling good. Forget about me. Yeah, absolutely. Something that came out of my interviews time and time again was that people might come along to your class with a very, you know, based on a very 
superficial motivation to begin with so for example mm. that yeah. trainer or instructor might look a certain way that that participant you know aspires to look to so they're like i'll go and train with them because then i will eventually look like them and that and that's that's absolutely fine as a goal mm. but what came out of my interviews anyway was that you know that will keep them going you know once or twice <laughs> but if that instructor doesn't have a personality that you know clicks with that participant or if they're just not enjoying the way that that instructor you know delivers uh, the fitness class then they're not going to keep coming back so yeah. that will get you so far in the industry you know how you look but you know it's kind of it's limited really What's more important, um, in, in my opinion anyway, is being able to build those relationships and having, you know, just it's that personality that's going to make people want to keep coming back for more. Yeah. And that's just a lot more important than, you know, just the, the pure athletic look. Definitely. I mean, that, that might get you going initially, but you need more than that to, to progress. Yeah. I think yeah. so too. People want to see you and they'll keep yeah. coming back because you give them little glimpse of you and uh, that they can resonate with, but also they'll remember how you made them feel. There is that saying, isn't it? No one's going to remember what you said, but they just remember how you made them feel. So you made them feel good. You made them feel welcomed. You you felt good yourself after the class. And I think there there is like a, a level with it. Obviously, we're not going to turn up looking absolutely completely bedraggled I mean we might but (laughs) (laughs) there is there's sort of a level isn't there but um I think you've just got to just be you just be yourself and be comfortable in in being yourself um and also look after yourself too as we were speaking about at the start making sure that you're doing it's all right telling all your participants how they should be exercising and eating and resting but we've also got to um to walk the walk too yeah, you just absolutely nailed uh, the other theme that came out of the research, actually, that, that those were exactly kind of the two, um, I suppose, sub themes that came out of that. Um, so I mentioned earlier that just that need to be authentic um, within your fitness role. But yeah, kind of the two sub themes within that were being your real self uh, but also you need to be seen to practice what you preach yes absolutely <laughs> so those, two, those two things are absolutely massive um yeah and yeah pra- be easy to practice what you preach um yeah the, the my, my interviewees had all sorts of kind of stories about you know colleagues um who you know they'll be delivering personal training sessions and giving advice to their um participants on you know i know on exercise or nutrition or whatever but if they're if then let's say you know they follow you on social media or whatever and they can see that you're you know you're putting up pictures of you know you're smoking and drinking all the time or whatever you just got to bear that in mind that they're they're going to make judgments (laughs) about that like you know you're you're telling me i need to be healthy but you're not showing me that you're doing that yourself so why why should i take you seriously why should i listen to you so yeah that that kind of need to practice what you preach is is definitely really important um we're telling our participants that you need seven to nine hours of sleep a night and there we are 
going to bed after we've been binging on Netflix at <laughs> 11 midnight, getting up oh, yes. at four or five to teach your first session or do your first PT. I'm sure I've been guilty. Dragging your butt through the week. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's true. Um, oh, where's, so that's uh, so fascinating, everything you've been doing, Tyler. It really, really is. But I would love to know, where's Tyler going in the future? What are your plans towards <laughs> in the fitness industry and or and or not in the fitness industry? Well, yeah, really good question. Um, <laughs> I wish I knew the answer. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure. I mean, um, at the moment, I mean, I think we're all kind of striving for this. Uh, just that need to find um, a good balance in the role, and I'm I'm kind of getting there. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I perhaps overworked in the past and then I kind of adjusted. But at the moment, I'm feeling like I've got more to give <laughs> and I've got a bit more spare yeah. time on my hands now. Um, I've gone from five to four days a week in my day job. Uh, I've completed this master's. So suddenly I've got all this extra time on my hands. So I'm getting a little bit fidgety. <laughs> like uh, I need to do something. Do I need to be taking on more fitness classes? Do I need to do more qualifications? I'm not sure at the moment. I'm just kind of enjoying having that spare time back because it's it's a luxury I've not had for many years. So I'm spending more time at home, more time with friends and family, which is absolutely great. Yeah. Um, but in the future, yeah, I'm really not sure. Um, you touched on this earlier, um, and I, I don't want to end the podcast on a negative note or anything, but unfortunately, the pay rates in our industry make it very difficult to kind of have you know big ambitious ideas mm -hmm. <laughs> you really have to factor that in all the time which yeah. is it's kind of annoying so yeah I mean I'd love to dive into fitness full-time you know become a personal trainer train you know have a bunch of clients and then do my fitness classes as well probably be a fantastic life however <laughs> it'd be a massive risk I'd be giving up my day job which is you know, I'm not super rich or anything, but it pays enough to, you know, for my my mortgage and my bills and so on. Um, mm. Whereas taking that jump into a full time fitness role, um, yeah, it's just a big risk, and it's like, oh, could I could I do that? I don't know. Which is why I'm so in awe of what you've achieved. I'm like, yeah, you're living the dream. It's super, oh. you know, it's so cool, and and you know, really well done on that. And, and I just love seeing your your business. Just you know it's becoming so successful so yeah, it's really good to see it's like yeah one of us has made it <laughs> oh no it, it is possible but no. you're braver than I am <laughs> it depends what you mean by made it doesn't it like you're you're absolutely smashing it I mean you've just completed a master's you've got a day job you're doing a job that you love with fitness as well you're balancing so many different things Tyler so I really do think that you are you you are smashing it but thank you for your kind words and do you know what? I actually have a day job as well. So um, I actually work in an oh. electroplating company. Oh, yeah, wow. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've right. done it for quite a while. But um, I quite like having both because yeah. it allows me to, it allows me that space. So I'm a very busy person. I need to be doing something all the time. And it sounds like you're quite similar to me. Um, but that it's almost like by doing something else. So working in an electroplating business, I'm taking a break from fitness. And then when I'm doing fitness, I'm taking a break from that. <laughs> so it's, um, mm. yeah, I, I quite like yeah. it. I think with the fitness industry, 
it's the most exciting and amazing industry to be part of. And I think sometimes when it's your hobby as well, you can get completely enveloped in it in it all. So it's it's almost quite nice to have that thing, whether that's your family time or whether it's a separate job or a separate hobby outside of it. So when you come back to it, you've still got that burning passion as well. And that's the kind of place where I come from with with that side of things. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's hugely important. Uh, and it, it'd be one of my fears of, of kind of diving in full time is just that thought of it becoming just becoming a job. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. And yeah, yeah. We never wanted to be that way. We wanted to be, you know, a passion. And absolutely. Um, yeah, oh, well, so. Do you know what? If you really want to do it, though, feel the fear and do it anyway, Tyler. Just go <laughs> for it. Why not? Go for it. Or you could do it a bit by bit or do do both and kind of have a few days at your job and then a few days doing fitness and just, yeah, balance those two. It's what I just think life's too short, isn't it? Go, just go for it in whatever way you want to. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so true. Um, yeah, I mean, when I, when I first started, I never dreamed of um, kind of, doing as much work as I've kind of managed over the past eight years I just I think when I started I just thought oh if I just have one class a week you know that'd be really nice <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah they've done a hell of a lot more than that so um yeah I, like I mean that. yeah Absolutely let's see what the future holds what the future holds but at the moment just <laughs> I'm just enjoying my downtime <laughs> good good so you should too Oh, well, Tyler, thank you so, so much for chatting to me today. I really enjoy this. I, I really feel like I could chat to you forever about this. <laughs> um, so thank you ever so much for coming on the podcast. And yeah, where can, so for anyone listening to this, where can they follow you to keep up to, up to date with your classes and, and your research and everything that you're doing in fitness? <laughs> oh dear this is going to go back to the age point again i don't really have a, a online much of an online presence really <laughs> so you yeah. on, you're on facebook i am indeed <laughs> well if you ever make a like a facebook fitness page or an instagram page you have to let me know and then i can reshare this podcast and i can tag that in i need to get with the times don't i do <laughs> it tyler even if you make an Instagram account and you take a few photos of your classes or what you're doing, uh, yeah, it'll be fun to see what you're up to. Absolutely. Guys, this has been really enjoyable. Thanks so much for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. And it's been oh, good no. to talk, talk about it. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming. We'll have to do another one. <laughs> oh, um, Thanks, Thanks so, so much, Tyler. Thanks, Laura. Take Speak care. See you soon. Bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed listening to that podcast. Tyler's research is absolutely fascinating and it brought up so many topics and so many things that instructors are struggling with. So I really hope that, yeah, I hope that was a little bit of comfort for your ears. And also, if there's anything that you want me to talk about or chat about in future, please, please do get in touch at Yogascape Official. And until then, keep on inspiring and keep on sharing your passion for moving your body and feeling good. And if you enjoyed this episode, do like, subscribe and share on your socials and tag me in at Yogascape Official or at Lorna Marie Fitness. I would really, really love to hear your feedback. Thank you so much. Have a great day.